This morning's reading is going to be from the book of Luke, chapter 4, starting in verse 16. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. Jesus stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They said, Is this not Joseph's son? He said to them, Doubtless, you will quote me this proverb, Doctor, cure yourself. And you will say, Do hear also in your hometown the things that we have heard you did at Capernaum. And he said, Truly I tell you, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. But the truth is, there were many widows in Israel at the time of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there was severe famine over all the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none of them except a widow at Zarephath in Sidon. There were also many with skin disease in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. This is the word of the Lord. God, we pray as we have this talk that you would be present, that you would cut away all the words that don't matter, and that you would speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. So this story picks up um, when Jesus has just been ministering all over the place, and he has come home to Nazareth. So the Sabbath day comes around, and of course, he goes to the synagogue. And he, so he's going to the synagogue of the community that raised him. And you guys have all heard the saying, um, it takes a village, right? It takes a village to raise a child. This is the village that was responsible for helping Jesus to become a fully grown person. So he goes to the synagogue and I imagine all the kids that he grew up with are there. They're, they had all run around playing together and now they're all like grown with their own families. Um, 
and so then there's all the the aunties and uncles you know i don't know what it was like when in your communities i know especially for my husband there were always people who were aunties and uncles that weren't actually related and i don't think he figured out until much later which ones were actually family and which ones weren't so all of jesus's aunties and uncles um, all the people who taught him to tie his sandals and how to set the table properly for dinner. All the ones who told him and his friends not to run through the kitchen or when it was time to head home for the day. All of the aunties and uncles who along with his parents would talk to him as they walked along the road and teach him the stories of the Jew Jewish people and of their God. Now he's back in his home synagogue where he had listened to countless scripture readings, countless teachings, and sung countless songs, and prayed countless prayers with these people. So during the service, this is like a traditional um, moment for during synagogue, um, there would be the scripture reading. Now we have well, honestly, more often than not, we use our phones, right? So occasionally we still pull out the book, the Bible. But long before there was a Bible, um, there would have been a scroll. And because there's a lot of scriptures, when it's all written out on a scroll, there would be like a whole room in the back. And it would be someone's responsibility. Um, I can imagine if we were here, Stephen would be the one who was bringing out the scroll, right? <laughs> and so this, for this week, it's Jesus's turn to read from the scroll. And so someone brings it out and he rolls it out and he reads it. Then he's gonna roll it back up and hand it back to that person so they can put it all back in the right place. Um, so this week's reading from the scroll comes from the book of Isaiah. So he opens it up. I'm going to read you some of uh, a little bit of what Jesus would have read to them. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. The descendants of those who oppressed you shall come bending low to you. All those who despised you shall bow down at your feet. They shall call you the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Whereas you have been forsaken and hated with no one passing through, I will make you majestic forever. 
a joy from age to age. You shall drink the milk of nations, you shall drink from the breasts of kings, and you shall know that I, the Lord, am your Savior, your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. Instead of bronze, I will bring gold. Instead of iron, I will bring silver. Instead of wood, bronze. Instead of stones, iron. I will appoint peace as your overseer and righteousness as your taskmaster. Violence shall no more be heard in your land. Devastation or destruction within your borders and you shall call your walls salvation and your gates praise. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion and give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display his glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastation of many generations. And when Jesus is done reading this scripture from Isaiah, the words of the prophet to the Jewish people, he rolls up the scroll and he hands it back to the attendant who brings the scrolls back to the room where they belong. And at that point, just as, just as we do on a Sunday morning, after the scripture reading is over, then it is time for teaching. And in this case, it says that Jesus sat down. So it would have been normal to stand for the reading and then to sit down as he taught. So Jesus sits down. And it says that every eye was glued to him. All the eyes of the synagogue were fixed on him. And then as he begins his teaching, he says the strangest thing. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. He just went back to his home church, read from the scriptures that were assigned to him for that day and said, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And as they were listening to him, they were all amazed. And I think that they were depending on who they were, they were probably sitting there remembering, like, like, remember his first day of school? Remember when we taught him to tie his sandals? Um, remember when we sent him out into the world? Here he is, he's back again. And he's teaching about the scriptures that we helped him to learn when he was little. And they said, 
is this not Joseph's son? Like, can you believe that this was Jesus's little boy and here he is and he's teaching these scriptures to us? So then Jesus continues to teach and he says, chances are you're going to remind me of that proverb, doctor, cure yourself. And you're probably going to say, Jesus, do the stuff here that you did in Capernaum. Because, you know, we've been hearing about everything you've been doing everywhere. Please do it here. And Jesus says, truly I tell you, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. And then there's, there's, quite, a, there's quite a lot going on in these last couple of verses here. And... Um, and I believe that what Jesus is doing here is he's bringing something out from um, two different scriptures in, in the Old Testament for us, the scriptures for them, because we're now at the moment where Luke has not yet been written, but the action is taking place. So he's referring back to these stories that they all know so well. The first one shows up in 1 Kings. And I don't, I don't know if anyone wants to make note of it or look at it. No, no judgment from me either way. But this one is in 1 Kings 17. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Go now to Zarephath, which begins to which belongs to Sidon, and live there, for I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he goes to Zarephath. And the story continues that he tells this woman, Bring me water, bring me something to drink. Um, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she says, as the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked. All I have is this handful of meal in a jar, a little bit of oil in a jug, and I was just gathering up a few sticks so I could start a fire, cook for me and my son. It's basically going to be our last meal before we die because they have been in a famine this whole time. So, yeah, the, there had been no rain for three and a half years. The famine was severe. And so now Jesus is like, you remember this story. Um, here's the thing. There were so many widows in Israel at this time. Yet Elijah was sent to a widow all the way over in Zarephath, in Sidon? Why didn't God send Elijah to one of the many, many widows who were there in Israel? You know the story, but don't forget, it wasn't one of us that Elijah was sent to. Then, Jesus turns to a story that is in 
2 Kings. And not only is he doing this from memory, but he is anticipating that everyone there is also familiar with this story. Not only familiar with it, but these are the people who told him this story when he was little. So now we're on the healing of Naaman. I'll read just a little of it to you. Naaman, the commander of the army in the king of Aram, was a great man and in high favor with his master because by him the Lord had given victory to Aram. The man, though a mighty warrior, suffered from leprosy. Now, Arame, Arameans, let's see. Now, the Arameans, on one of their raids, had taken a young girl captive from the land of Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only my lord were with the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. Um, and I don't know about you, but I remember reading that story in the little like children's Bible story books uh, when I was a kid. So Jesus had learned this story as a kid. And as it turns out, Naaman, who is the Syrian army commander, ends up being healed from his skin disease when Elisha had him dip seven times in the Jordan. And so Jesus is reminding the people, you remember, you remember how he knew then when he was healed that there was no other God besides Israel's God. But have you ever thought about the fact that there were also many lepers in Israel at the time? And yet none of them were cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. So this is essentially like the sermon that Jesus is giving to his hometown. Remember, remember all the things that we learned. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives, sight to the blind, freedom for the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. There's something interesting here as well, because when we talk about the year of the Lord's favor, we're talking about Jubilee. So this would have been, the message from Isaiah would have been a story of comfort and joy for them, because this is a time when, when Israel was feeling knocked down and God was lifting Israel up again. And yet, Jesus adds to that. But remember when God sent someone, not to any of us, but to someone else? and then he did it again. Remember that God isn't just about us. 
isn't just about lifting us up. Remember, remember you guys that were the ones that taught me that, that he, that our God lifts up us, but then sometimes seeks after the one who is out there to bring them in. And this is, this is kind of like the fuller picture of who God is. And none of it's news. It's just a reminder that this is who God is. This is who God is for, for us and for others. And so part of what Jesus is saying here, I believe, is that the time for the meek and the humble to receive good news is now. The time for the captives to be set free is now. The time for the blind to see again is now. The time for the oppressed to experience freedom is now. And the time for the year of Jubilee is now. And it's not just for us. So I want to share with you what Jesus shared with his hometown. Remember who you are. Remember who God is. The time is now. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for who you are, who you have always been. We ask that you would do what you want to do. And we ask in the name of this wonderful Jesus. Amen.